Welcome to Pub Sports Talk, episode 44, Pistol Pete Maravich episode. Uh, we got some college hoops coming hot with Sweet 16 Elite Eight, getting ready for Final Four, and the Natty coming up shortly. It's been a fast march. We also have NFL offseason and MLB opening day is upon us. So we've got a great crossroads of all sports and stick around. We'll hit up the hockey roundup without any further ado. Episode 44. Let's go. Guys, with us, we got a special guest, Josh Whitlow. Josh, we appreciate you hopping on, man. You're a big college basketball guy. You run the Red Cups College Basketball Instagram. We're just excited to have you on talk some hoops, man. For sure. For sure. Josh, real quick, man, give us give us a little background about yourself. Uh, I'm a freshman right now at Coastal Carolina. I love college hoops, and I'm ready to talk with you guys today, and I really love what you guys are doing as well. Hey, man, I appreciate that. We love what you're doing. You, you've grown that thing pretty damn well, and the Red Cup thing, explain that to our listeners. What, Red Cup in general? Yeah, yeah just in general. All right, so it's basically like a company that wants to be kind of like Barstool in their own way. That's kind of the model, the brand we're looking after. But I had this college basketball page for about a year and a half, and it got to around 12,000 followers, and they decided to pick me up and give me the spot as their college basketball guy. And I've been with them for about a year now, and I also run the um, Coastal Carolina one as well. That's awesome, dude. That's wild. Uh, how are you liking Coastal so far, man? Uh, I, I love it. I love it. And the sports here have been everything that I wanted and then some, except for we've been slacking a little bit in baseball recently, but hopefully we can turn it around into conference play. So, Hey, that's what's up, man. And, you know, we, we had Isaiah Likely on last. Saw evening. that. I mean, just, you know, I don't want to say we're a Coastal show. You know, we, we've said some harsh things about Coastal fans. Oh, I'm sure. In the past, just being app guys. But I'm excited to see the Sun Belt grow and keep getting better. And, and Instagram pages like the two-year running, that helps kind of give a, a good public image there for Coastal fans. Right. And I guarantee we'll um, sweep you guys in baseball this weekend. I'm just letting you know that now. Hey, hey, we'll put some money on it if you want. I, I like our all boys right. black and gold, man. All right, all right. <laughs> well, Josh, hey, man, let's talk some college hoops, dude. Uh, how's your bracket looking? It's not looking as great as you might think, but that's because I really liked Texas. I really thought Texas, the eye test, I watched them all year. I had Texas winning the Natty and beating, beating Baylor in the Final Four, but I will tell you that I do have, assuming Gonzaga wins, I have three out of four Final Four teams right. So other than Texas, I nailed it pretty well. Hey, that's that's all right in my book. I was a big Texas fan too. Like you said, past the eye test, they were hot. Man, right. they were good, and just they hit a wall, and it you know went cold, and how yep. you know that's how it goes. But hey, shout out to you to have three out of four. Uh, I'm looking at one out of four right now. So really, yeah, it's been rough, brother. Uh, these these other I I, they're doing a lot better. Yeah, not to brag, but uh, I think I'm in the lead right now. Really? Yep. I've <laughs> <laughs> known. I probably know the least about college basketball, too. <laughs> That's usually the people that do the best, though. That's right, man. Yeah. Yeah, usually we have a guy from England on, Matt, and he uh, never has watched college basketball before, and he's right up there with you, Slate, in second place. I'm like, dude, how the hell does this work? <laughs> oh, it is. It's a coin flip, man. Oh, yeah. That, March Madness for a reason, absolutely. Definitely. All right, so looking at, you know, the the matchups that have gone by, any any game sticks out to you, Josh? Uh, definitely, obviously, the Ohio State Oral Roberts game. 
And a lot of people were surprised by that, but Oral Roberts has the leading scorer in all of Division One, Max Aismas. And I think that just goes to show you anytime you have the leading scorer, obviously he's one of the chance at one of these big names his whole life. He's able to carry them and his Kevin O'Banner stepped up as well. And they didn't just win one game, they won two games and just a great story for the mid majors and a guard that was overlooked his whole life and is kind of now he's in the spotlight now. So that's definitely my favorite game of the tournament so far. The Arkansas Baylor game was great last night as well. There's been a lot of good games, a lot of blowouts as well, but it's, I feel like it's either a blowout or a really good game. Shout out to Oral Roberts though. I want to talk about Max Aismas for a little bit because really they were inches away from winning a third round right. and, and getting into the elite eight that Max Aismas got a look there from three. If that goes in, we're talking about 15 seed in the Elite Eight. And I don't know if I, that's ever happened. It has not. And I thought he was cashing that, to be honest. When I saw it leave his hand, I was like, that's in. But yeah, they they were legit. They proved it. And they damn near beat Arkansas as well. So I almost And I almost wonder, you know, is this the, the Curry effect? Like the Steph Curry, you know, being this undersized guard who can just shoot it from range. And, right. you know, even like, you know, kind of like how that's changed the game. Like you have guards now that like the prototypical point guard for the longest time was like a six, four, six, five guard who could right. just, who could just be athletic and long. And now it's like, you got Curry, Trey Young, is Max Aismas going to be the next big thing in the NBA? I mean, this is mid court max, right? Like right, you can right. shoot it from hella range. I guess I'm curious to see what he's going to do at the next level. Is he going to find success even though he's 6'1", but he's right. quick and he can shoot lights out. So just really right. interesting. For sure. And he definitely looks a lot shorter than 6'1 on the court. When I <laughs> yeah, first saw him, I thought he was 5'10", and I looked it up, and I didn't believe it at first. So he's, yeah. he's a beast, though. Yeah, shout out to the Summit League. Uh, oh, yeah. They don't, get, they don't get a lot of love, but uh, no, South don't. Dakota State, they, they've been in – uh, North Dakota lot. as well. Western Illinois on the rise. Summit League. I feel like Evan's the the John Gruden of all these just random leagues. <laughs> like leagues I've never even heard of. Evan's just like, you got to watch out for them. They're on the rise. I try. <laughs> <laughs> Let's speak of another game that fits. You really want to talk about too. UCLA, Bama. Yeah, I, I thought this was the game of the tournament. Especially yeah. at this point, I mean, I'm hoping the Final Four and championship can be as exciting as this matchup. But UCLA Bama, they so there were eight total lead changes all game. Seven of those lead changes came in the final eight minutes. I mean, it was it was nonstop basketball, and it was just going back and forth. I think my favorite part of the game was. You know, it's at this eight minute mark and you can tell the announcers are trying to make this. They're trying to get a timeout so they can give their plug. They always like say like, you know, after the game, watch young Sheldon or whatever. And like I'm watching and they finally get a dead ball and they're like, be sure after the game you catch Chad, Chad coming on at 10 p.m. And as soon as he's in the middle of it, dude for uh, UCLA inbounds it. Alley oop. Uh-huh. Slam, and the dude couldn't even finish his. He was like, 
Chad coming on to be, oh my goodness. And like, it was just like, yeah, nobody on earth gives a shit about Chad coming on at 10. Like we are all in on this game, but it's crazy that this game came down to a loose ball that grazed the dude's shorts. And then they had to look at it on replay. Like, you know, are the, is the Jersey part of your body? Do his shorts move? And like that ultimately, but was the game. If Bama could have had like, you know, one more possession there, they they might have pulled it out. But they still sent OT with a crazy shot. But UCLA, all business, all business and OT. So so it sucks for, you know, I think the premise, my premise from last week was, you know, it's Bama's chance to prove everyone they aren't just a football school. They're they're a basketball right. school and they gotta go through the most decorated program, UCLA, and didn't get it done. So I'll tell you, that was good for my UCLA money line, though. That was good for that. <laughs> Hell yeah, it was. I mean, Hell yeah. the, Pac, the Pac-12, you don't bet against in this tournament. I no. I don't see how you do it. Seriously. They've been hot. I didn't see this coming. You know, out of all the tournaments, I thought, oh, okay, Pac-12 would be all right. Big Ten, I would have put ahead of them. Hell, the SEC, I would have picked ahead of them. Yeah. I got to watch more basketball, apparently. Well, it's weird because they do that Pac-12 network that you got to pay for. So nobody really watches them. And it's on at midnight over here on the East Coast. So yep. I didn't watch much Pac-12 at all. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But damn, they're dangerous. Yeah, they are. Looking at tonight's matchup, you know, this episode will drop Friday. But let's go ahead and look at it. We got Zaga taking on the Trojans. It's a Pac-12 team that's hot. Josh, who are you taking here? Who's your pick? Gonzaga, definitely. It's one where I think it'll be a close game. I think UC, USC is going to give – Gonzaga everything they want and then it'll probably be my prediction is probably about a four-point game with like a couple minutes left and then they got a foul but I just I haven't seen a team as good as this Gonzaga team since that Kentucky team like five or six years ago and I I really just don't think anybody can match up with the Zags on paper except Baylor. Mm, okay I was gonna ask you not even Baylor but yeah we're predicting Baylor and Zag in the national championship you think? Right. And it's that we should have got that matchup earlier this year as well, but it was canceled for COVID. And I would not be upset if we get it now. Yeah, exactly. I don't think the whole you know the whole country's with you on that one. Right. Does USC cover the point spread tonight? What do you say? No. I at least I hope they don't because I took it. So. <laughs> and That's right fair. now it's eleven four after the first media timeout. Gonzaga is looking yeah. solid right now. Hey, absolutely. And let's you know move on to the later matchup. We got Michigan. Uh, taking on UCLA, which we just talked about. Who are you picking here? I've actually got UCLA. I think just obviously because it'd be a one, two, and then a one. I don't think it's going to get two one seeds. I think Michigan's finally going to run out of time with livers not being there. And if you watch UCLA versus Bama, they can match up with anybody. And as long as Juzang plays, I mean, Juzang fouled out with four or five minutes left and they still hung on and one. So if they can dominate Bama in overtime, I think they have enough in them to pull out this upset again and go to the Final Four. Hey, I'm with you on that. I like that pick. Boys, what do you say? Yeah, I'm all for it. You got to appreciate the underdog, you know. And in my opinion, anytime someone's going up against the number one seed, you got to pull for the other guy. So I wouldn't mind a UCLA pick here. Yeah, I like it too, for sure. I feel like Evan's got something to say. I feel like Evan's just brewing over there. Yeah, I mean, I think you. I think USC – I picked USC to beat Gonzaga. Wow. And I know it's a, it is a kind of David and Goliath story, but I think USC has one of the best players 
coming up in the NBA, Evan Mobley. Everyone's talking about the Mobley brothers, but it was the other seniors that stepped up in the game against whoever they played last, Oregon. Yeah. They had like a bunch of, they just had a lot of threes and it was just kind of feeding Mobley down low. And I think Oregon, after playing them twice this year, however many times they played, like to say, hey, if anyone's beating us, it's not Evan Mobley. And he was right. just diming it up. They'd feed it inside. He'd find the shooter, and they and they cashed in on that. So I think as a team, if they can shoot well, I think Mobley can handle Gonzaga's big down low. It's going to be close. It's not going to be – you know, I think Gonzaga has won by double digits like most of their games, and it's going to be something they're not used to. I don't know. I just want to call it. At first, I started with take take USC on the points because those are good odds. And I was like, you know what? Go ahead and just call the upset. I'm going to call it to say that I did. I think it's going to be a good game. It, sadly, if I'm being honest, I think you're right. I think Gonzaga is going to have the edge at the end. I think they're going to knock down free throws and win by like six points. But it will be a good game. So we'll see what happens. As far as Michigan, UCLA – I've been really impressed with Michigan mm-hmm. that I think Michigan could take down Gonzaga too. I don't think Gonzaga's the team this year. So I like I don't see them getting to the natty. Whether they lose tonight or Michigan prevails against UCLA, uh Jawan Howard's just got that team playing really well. And and I have a lot of thoughts on Jawan Howard that I, I think I'm gonna save until next week because I don't want to jinx him. Hey, you know, Juwan, he's been to Final Four. He's been part of the Fab Five. I think that curse is still alive for him. I'm I'm taking UCLA here tonight. I will say this. It's an interesting matchup because if USC upsets, which they are, they're going to upset, it means (laughs) this Final Four features a bunch of teams who haven't been there in a long time. Because Houston, last time they were in the Final Four was five slamma jamma when they had Olajuwon and Clyde the Glide and some other great names, Benny Anders. Baylor hasn't been there since like the 50s. And if USC wins, they haven't been there since like the 1950s. But then this Michigan-UCLA matchup is weird because they're both pretty good basketball schools, but Michigan has only, there's only won one championship. You know, the Fab Five lost to Duke in a championship. They lost to Chapel Hill in a championship. And then the Trey Burke year they lost. And there's one, I think it's like 2013, they lost. So they just they can get to the championship. They can't win it. So it's like, will Juwan Howard carry them? And UCLA is weird that they have all these championships with John Wooden, but then they had this run in 06 to 08. And they had three final fours. But that was that team with Russell Westbrook, Kevin Love, Darren Collinson, and they didn't they didn't get the job done. Like they just they got to the final four and then they lost. So it's just kind of weird. It's two teams that just haven't quite climbed the mountain as of late. So yeah, COVID year, it it could be one of the final fours of the ages of a lot of teams that are trying to prove themselves that haven't been there in a while. That's why I'm not pulling for Gonzaga tonight is Gonzaga would just, I feel like they just kind of steal the show at that point. Here's a question for 50 points. What is the name of Gonzaga's mascot? The name of it or their mascot? I know it's a bulldog. Yeah. If you can, if you can name 
the mascot, you get 50 points. Oh, I get oh. it. I know yeah. Adam Morrison's mustache. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have a clue. It's a bulldog, right? See? Yeah. I feel like it's got to be some like famous bulldog name. Any guesses? Spike? It is Spike. Did you dare to dog? Devin looked it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I looked it up. <laughs> I'm going BS. Dang it. I knew it. I just didn't want to <laughs> steal someone's thunder. All right. How about I'll split. You both get 25 points. <laughs> and um, somehow Parker loses 80. <laughs> yeah, that's how, that's how it's always <laughs> terrible trivia. <laughs> well, you know, I'm excited for tonight's matchups, and I, I can't wait for the Final Four to be out there and for us to put a little money on Baylor, Zaga, Josh, you're saying the finals, who are you taking? Who's taking, who's taking the home championship? Um, I want to pick Baylor, but I'm going to have to pick Gonzaga. It's okay. I, I'm a Virginia fan personally growing up. Both parents went there and I saw what they did to us and I've been watching them all year rooting for them to lose and they just haven't. So I think they're constructed very well. They've got four guys that can score don't really have a true center, but they're handling Mobley right now very well. So I don't really see any reason why they lose. Okay. Hey, I like it. I'm definitely going Baylor. My bracket seems to uh, be riding that coattail of, uh, I'm assuming they have a player named Teague. I don't know, because that's what <laughs> I named my uh, my bracket. So let's go to Baylor. And I got them beating Gonzaga 75-72. Yeah, Devin's sitting nice with that championship matchup. I mean that is that that probably is going to be the championship. Again, I'm hoping Michigan has something to say about it. If not USC tonight, but I pick Baylor in my bracket. But I am convinced Michigan is for real. I think of all the teams I've watched, I've been the most impressed of Michigan doing it on both ends of the floor. And I say that, and they haven't played yet. So I mean, they could totally. They could totally botch it tonight like some other Big Ten schools in this tourney. But I really do hope Michigan gets to play Gonzaga because I think that would be a team that that could really spoil them. So I'm going to take Michigan. It, it's hard because it's, they haven't played yet. They're, they still haven't moved on. So, But I, I'll take it. I believe in Jawan Howard. I'm taking uh, the old Houston Cougars. Just because I feel like they're um, they're playing really solid, but they're also not. You have these bigger names, kind of like what Evan was talking about, where you have these schools who haven't been in a long time, and you have these like Goliaths of basketball. Like, well, to an extent, Michigan's coming up. You have Gonzaga coming through. I feel like Houston's just not getting any love. So, with all the hype around Baylor, I'm going for Houston, and I'm going Houston over Gonzaga, seventy-two, seventy-one. Ooh, all right. I like it. I like it. I've got to take Baylor. I'm with Devin. That's, you know, that's my champion in my bracket. I need the points just to stay out of the bottom. Uh, so I'm going to take Baylor just because I have to necessity. But I would love to see UCLA or USC take away this championship. Just that 6 or 11 seed. But we'll see. Hey, Tim, what's Houston's mascot's name? Sammy the Cougar. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Shasta. It's not. Google it. I'm pretty sure there's a Mrs. Cougar, too. Oh, my God, it is. <laughs> wow, you're such a troll, but that was pretty <laughs> impressive. Did you have to Google it? I Googled that one for you. <laughs> oh, Shasta the Cougar. Shasta. 
Josh, you want to stay around and talk a little NFL with us? For sure, for sure. Hey, good deal, man. Well, let's move into the NFL. A lot of things popping off, and today the NFL just announced they're moving to a 17-game regular season. Initial thoughts, boys. How are we feeling? I hate it. I love it. <laughs> I'm in the middle. Indifferent. <laughs> so here's the thing. With the schedule of the NFL, it makes no sense to add a game because you play everyone in your division twice, and then you pick – a division in the NFC and AFC, you play all of them and you have, and everyone has two games left over. And those two games go to who you play in your conference that finished the same as you. So like right. the Packers won the North. So if we play the South division, then we are, we automatically play the winner of the South, which was, was in New Orleans this year. So then we'd have the winner of the East and the winner of the West. It's just fair. There's no more games. It's like, what are you going to do? You schedule everyone an AFC opponent, but it has to be an opponent that you don't play or it just kind of gets messy. It's like, how is that? How is that going to work? I just, I don't understand it. I, I agree with you. I think the, the numbers side of it is messy, but what rules the world is that green thing, man, money. The almighty dollar. I think that's what the NFL is about, man. Nobody watches preseason, but you make it one of those preseason games regular season. Now you got some money coming in. That's true. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind it. I know we've had kind of in our earlier episodes, we had that discussion about preseason games and is it worth it or is it pointless? Um, to me, it makes sense. I think, well, hear me out, put on your tinfoil hats. So I think this is a stepping stone for the NFL. I think that they're going to start, well, they're going to get, I wish Matt was on here. They're going to get a team in London. Okay. And then this, this 17th game is going to be a game overseas, right? So they're going to have this rotation where some team each year is going to have to go. All right. I haven't figured out the details, but I'm all for it. Ditch the preseason. Give us more games. Hey, you might be on something. Maybe. The London team plays 17 games at home, and each team has to go visit them. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I think every team should have should have to go to London. I think that's a rule. I, I do think every team should be required to go to London. One, I think that's fair. And again, thinking of fairness, like, and that's just the mind of Evan Fitzsimmons. I'm like, it has to be fair. And like, if they decide, okay, the 17th game for everyone is going to be the AFC versus NFC matchup of like the closest team to you. It's like the Packers would get the Chiefs because we finished, we finished first in the NFC, they finished first. But like, what does that mean? So the Bears, the Vikings and the Lions get to play someone like, you know, like who, who the Lions get? Like anyone. <laughs> I'm saying like you guys would get, so now we'll we play have anybody, three, son. Like now I'm saying like the Lions would get three games of playing the lowest, some like low teams, and the Packers get three games. It's just, that's three is too many. Like, I'm okay with two. Two is like, okay, like, you know, take the conference, take the division winners. Sure, I think that's fair. But now you're throwing in, I got to play Patty Mahomes while Detroit's playing, like, the Bengals. <laughs> and wow. It's like, that's just, that's so unfair. Like, it just so many shots being fired. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'm not complaining because I saw I'm an Eagles fan and 
I saw we get to play the Jets week 17 or week 18, I guess. So no complaints here. None at all. That's yes, another exactly. question. It's, it favors the shitty teams. And it yes, like, it like here's the money thing. Is they're like, oh, Packers are playing the Chiefs or whoever. I haven't looked at who their opponent is. But it's like, oh, the money's coming in. It's like, I don't want to play the Chiefs. Like if I, like if I can choose to play somebody, it, it's not going to be a, a like blockbuster matchup. Especially like, I, don't, I don't care for it. Yeah, or whatever it is. That right. just you just don't sound confident in your squad, Evan. It's that's just what it not fair. Down to. It's yeah. not fair. That's why Matt is going to start his own NFL <laughs> team, and that's going to be like the overseas match. Or, or another tinfoil hat idea: XFL absorbs the CFL, and then we become a relegation league where, you like know, that. hey, we got all these squads want to come up in the NFL. Bottom you know, lands when, out. Yeah. So get then the out. Lions are they're, they're way gone. Guys, you don't get it. The dynasty is starting. The Lions, <laughs> we're going to the Super Bowl in four years. You, Look it. you you tell Dan Campbell right now, hey, you're regulated to the XFL. He'll bite your kneecap off. <laughs> ACL meniscus tearing it. I like it. I you know what? I think the XFL and CFL will absorb each other at some point. And why not make it that that D League, that G League, minor leagues, whatever you want to call it. Why not do that? It makes sense. It just makes sense. And then to go back to Matt having his own team, I think the Browns should move there because he lives in Staines. It'll be the Brown Staines. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> How to get my yeah, stab at Packers play the Chiefs. Good. You Good that'll, get place, you, man. that'll get you That's ready ridiculous. for your, uh, your playoff run. Evan, you wanna, and you the Bears get the Raiders, the Vikings get the Chargers, the Lions get the Broncos. Dude, I don't see any issue here. You No. Iron sharpens iron. You got to play the best of the competition. Exactly. How, how can you prove you're not, you're the best if you don't play the it's best? Three games now that we got to play because we also have to play the Saints and the Eagles. We get the winners of those. So Jameis Winston, or no the the TBDs because Eagles didn't win their division. Mm, all right, sorry, right, didn't mean that. So, sorry, didn't, didn't bring that up, Josh. Uh, uh, yeah, we anyway. tanked. <laughs> Uh, so that's the big news coming out of NFL, but there was also some pro days popping off here. Justin Fields runs a 4-4 in that 40. Blazing speed, throws some balls. Zach Wilson threw some amazing pro day balls as well. Pro day is just there to like, hey, I need someone to watch in the afternoon. Let me turn it on. I, to me, it's important, but it's not all that important. But this year, it being COVID, limited combine numbers, I think pro days mean a whole heck of a lot this year. Did Fields help his stock with today's performance? Or are we still saying Zach Wilson, number two quarterback, coming off the board? I mean, I still think Zach, from what I saw, had a hell of a pro day too. So, I mean, I don't think that that really helped much. I'm, I think it's just going to be who wants what type of quarterback. Yep. Yeah. I think I think they're interchangeable for sure. What did Fields run today? Was it like a four or four? Four, four, four. Four, four, four. Yeah. Wow. What did Wilson run? Or did he run? Don't I don't think you ran. I probably wouldn't either if I was him. <laughs> like, no, you're going to say, like, Trevor Lawrence didn't run. Well, he, he's like, undisputed. So, yeah. I don't Even yeah, though, you don't need to run. Yeah. Herb Meyer was back at Ohio State watching Field throw the ball today. Hey, did y'all see that uh, Mac Jones was overthrowing the crap out of them boys today? Bill Belichick was there, and I uh, can't remember uh, who the other coach was, but, like, after he John made Lynch. those. Talking to Lynch with from uh, 49ers. Yes, yes. And they both were very unimpressed. Or at least their their faces were like, uh, this, uh, he ain't it. 
inner guy. Yeah. Or maybe they're trying a little Jimmy G trade. Belichick's like, nah, maybe. I don't want him. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> we gave him to you. We don't want him back. I don't know. Like, I, I don't think Mac Jones helped himself a whole lot, but he looked like he was having fun. He looks like he enjoys the game. I'm rooting for Mac Jones, um, but I still think he's more – he's just a more athletic A.J. McCarron at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. I definitely don't want him to do bad. It was just like their faces is <laughs> nothing to be excited about. Just think you uh, just think about it. Like you come off your pro day thinking you did you know pretty decent, and then you see all these like accounts like "Ooh, Belichick doesn't like that" and all this other <laughs> stuff. So that's what suck. You know, he's like, "It was one pass, damn it! <laughs> yeah, one time. I threw it seventy yards." <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And staying with quarterbacks for one more second here, the Jets have been offered numerous trade deals, apparently, to move out of number two. They're not moving from number two. Every NFL insider, everybody that knows the game, like us, that think they know the game, they're saying Jets are taking a quarterback. That means Sam Darnold would be done in New York. Who do the Jets take? Where does Sam Darnold go? I don't don't even know how to unpack that. I think Sam is just – I mean, can he (laughs) – can he come back from what, what has happened in the Jets? Yeah. Like, I, you can blame some mistakes on Gates. Absolutely, sure. But there's sometimes he was, you know, he's seeing ghosts out there. He threw some bad, bad balls, made some horrible decisions. You can't put the whole blame on Gates. So I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as much as I rag on the Bears and, and Trubisky, like, he wasn't set up for success. So, like, even right off the no. bat, he was never groomed as far as, like, he, he was never developed you know, as an NFL quarterback. And I feel like Sam's the same way. I remember his NFL debut was against my boys, the Lions, and he threw a pick six, the very first throw, or at least it was an interception. And then he goes to just like torch our secondary. And I was like, man, I know it's our secondary, but like he could develop into something. And then it was just like he flatlined the rest of these last three years. So I think there's something salvage, but just not as a starter. And I don't even know where he would go. I don't know who would invest anything at this point worth any assets to, to get him on the squad. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was going to ask if it was a good move or a bad move for the Jets not to take multiple first-round picks throughout the years or first, second, third-round picks this year. Should they move out of that number two spot to pick up, let's say, you know, I was another number one, but then a two and a three pick, or maybe three with number one picks in the coming years, or should they hold on to the number two pick and take a Fields or a Wilson? I, I mean, they, if they're not, if they're not trading it by now, then they've obviously got somebody in mind that that they think will do whatever job it is that they're they're trying to slot in. So I would say, you know, if, if they're that confident in it, where they're they're declining a bunch of future trades, they're wanting to make a move on somebody that they're pretty damn comfortable with. Well, they need a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, like, Darnold is done. <laughs> I mean, if, he, if he's going anywhere, it's going to be a backup, and he may get a chance to shine if there's an injury or, or the starter's just not doing well. I mean, right. but he is, he's had his chances. I mean, regardless, it is the Jets. It's not a sound system. But I feel like we've all seen enough of Darnold to say, yeah, he, he doesn't got it. You know, it's – it's next man up, and and I think Fields, I think I think Fields could could show some explosiveness. I think he will. Um, I think he could turn some things around. I mean, look at Burrow 
in Cincy. I mean, one year of Joe Burrow and there's hope. It's like this guy could be something. And I don't think we ever felt that way. Like even Tim, like when you were watching him towards the Lions, it almost sounds like Daniel Jones to me. It's like, oh, he's got glimpses of it, but yeah, you know, then then he just, as you put it, flat lines. Like that was Mitch Trubisky. Is on how many quarterbacks do that? It's like, oh, like if they just could do this, like instead of once out of every 13 throws, it's like once every five throws, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And I, I think that's, just, about that's the, yeah, that's like the indicator of just not, just not a good enough quarterback. Yeah, Josh, real quick, talking about Wentz, you think he'll be successful in Indy? Do I do, like- I do. Okay. Because that year he had his MVP year, the offensive coordinator was, and the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at the time is Frank Reich. And he had a really good relationship with Reich. And as soon as Reich leaves to be the Colts head coach, he sucks again. And I think him being back with Reich and having obviously T.Y. Hilton and Mo Ali Cox in them. And I think he'll, I think he'll be just fine and produce similarly to what Philip Rivers was able to do this year. I agree. I, I think he'll be a slightly better than what yeah. Philip Rivers was just because of his youth. But yeah. Right. Um, and another thing, um, I'm slightly biased, but I watched Zach Wilson in person and he didn't look all that special to me. And that was playing against a bunch of two and three stars. So slightly biased, but you know. Shoot, yeah, I, I forgot all about that. Yeah. That was a fantastic game. Oh yeah. Holy cow. You put the you put the Saturday night lights on him, that, that turf and surf field. Yes, sir. He did not play the best of his ability. And but I tell you he wasn't bad either though. I'll give him that. He wasn't bad at all. No. I, I think whoever takes him is gonna get a good guy. Right. But in my opinion, I think Fields is the dude in this draft. I know everybody's talking about Trevor Lawrence, but I just think Fields pleasantly surprised a lot of NFL teams. Yeah. I feel like with quarterbacks in the draft, it's kinda like that old thing like you know, when you go to convocation in college, they're like, look to your left, look to your right. One of you will not graduate. <laughs> it's kind of like the NFL draft. <laughs> like there's three quarterbacks. Look to your left, look to your right. One of you will never make a Pro Bowl. <laughs> like one of you would just not pan out. And I feel like that could be Wilson in this draft. Like, because I feel like Fields and Lawrence are the two can't miss and Wilson's just kind of there. And you just, it's just kind of a, there's a lot of question marks. Kind of a side note from what we were talking about before with the jets. It's I'm almost always in favor of trading down. Even if you got to look at like, okay, I know they're anomalies, but look at like Russell Wilson. I think he was drafted in like what the third round or, or even sooner than that. Uh, Jalen hurts. He wasn't until the second round. Right. So, in my mind, and I don't know any of the names other than the, the ones that the media are hyping up, but I don't know. I feel like you can get so many more assets, especially if you're in that number two pick. And yeah, you need a quarterback, but even if you traded down a few picks, you're still left with a handful of people and you have more assets. I don't know. I, I'm not a GM by any means, but it makes more sense to to take the trade to get more pieces. Because you can pick up these quarterbacks. I feel like you don't have to be f- in the front of the line to get a good quarterback. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I actually I agree with that to an extent. I think the two pick is just so valuable. 
like I think where Justin Fields is, I mean, it's all based on evaluation. Like is if a team wants a guy, you're going to take a guy. Like if someone's like, man, Zach Wilson, he is, we just feel he is the guy. You're not going to like, go, can I trade down? Like you're just going to take him. But like, if you're sitting there at like pick six and you're like, okay, Lawrence is gone. Fields is gone. Wilson was, you know, he's not really on our board. We're not high on this guy, but he's there. You, you may take a gamble or you may say, let's see if we can switch with somebody and, and kind of like, we know Hertz will be there or whoever, you know, like, so it is, it is a game of just trying to get value for your pick. But if your guy is there, you're taking them. And it's usually when, when someone takes your guy that then you start looking at trading down. Or you can do the Packers and trade up for a quarterback that nobody wants in Jordan Love. Hey, hey, the Packers wanted him, and they took him. They, they did. They wanted him, and, and they traded up, and they let Patrick Queen go to the Ravens. Simple math. Easy math. Come on. Oh. Josh is an Eagles fan. Did you see where Deshaun Jackson ended up? I did. He's a Ram now. He's with Matty Stafford. On a one-year contract, so Staff's got a a deep threat. I don't know if he's had a speedster like that since like Megatron. If you even call Megatron a speedster, Megatron is just kind of an everything. But right, I really like that move because I, as long as Deshaun Jackson can stay healthy, obviously, because he's played like three games over the past two years now. So if he can stay healthy, that's a dream quarterback for him. Somebody that can sling at seventy yards, and if he can. That'd be perfect addition to him. Yeah, and then the other thing was uh, Kenny Galladay was talking to your boys, Devin. Kenny Galladay's talking to the Ravens, but just just talking was the was the quote. <laughs> well, I was just happy that we picked up Sammy Watkins. So. Uh, you know, and maybe maybe the talking's gone down since probably has. Sammy. I forgot about that. Yep. Hopefully, hopefully that pans out. Like I said before, we are notoriously bad in the receiver position um, for the most part. I think I think we've had a fairly decent um, like free agent signing. The only thing that that killed me was getting rid of Judon. That was my favorite favorite defensive player that we had. But overall, I think I think they're making the right moves. We still got Tyus Bowser, who's now my favorite on our defense, and uh, Derek Wolf who uh, didn't really perform all that much last year, but hopefully he makes a makes a little bit of a better jump this year. And we, we signed a guard, uh, Kevin Zietler from uh, the Giants. So, uh, you know, trying to make moves on the offense. And those are the two positions I think that, that we'll see an immediate immediate impact. Must be nice. <laughs> yeah. We'll wait for to get a lineman for Joe Burrow. But uh, golly, man. Kenny Galladay, you know, he's a New York Giant now. I think, you know, that might help out your boy Danny Dimes, their fits. And, uh, you know, you guys getting Sammy Watkins, man. That I'm in pain over here as a Bengals fan. We've signed a bunch of three-star defensive guys who, oh, man, I'm a little worried. Not a great offseason for a Bengals. Yeah, the only other thing I got is, again, just keeping an eye on it's a loaded, you know, last, last week I talked about a loaded cornerback, um, just free agency. So the Colts signed Xavier Rhodes, and he's been pretty solid, was in Minnesota, now joins a stellar Colts defense already. Broncos signed Kyle Fuller from the Bears, so that's good news. 
pull one of the Bears' key weapons. And uh, Broncos aren't too shabby with Chubb and Von Miller. You know, that's a, that's a good defense. A Bowie, I think he's on the other end. And then the Bears cracked me up. They signed old man Desmond Trufant. Was he with y'all, Tim? Was he in Detroit? Yeah, he was in and out several games, I think with a hammy, but we picked him up. I think the Falcons cut him, and then we picked him up, and then the yeah. Bears. The only scary thing is Minnesota signed Patrick Peterson for a one-year deal. That kind of kind of raises your eyebrows. Like, okay, like this Patrick Peterson got it. You know, I'm a big fan of Mike Zimmer, so I'm sure he can utilize Patrick Peterson pretty well. That'll do it for NFL News. Everything's popping off, man. And shout out. We just got to do a quick shout out. ZT12, Zach Thomas, App State's great quarterback. <laughs> He's got his pro day coming up April 1st. And so, you know, we're rooting for him. And, and hopefully here in a couple of weeks, we get him on uh, as a little draft update, see how he's preparing for the NFL draft. And, uh, as as that, long as he doesn't throw three picks like he did at Coastal, I think he'll be fine. Uh, all right. All right, Josh. All right. <laughs> and all right, guys. I also got to get out of here, too. Right, we I really appreciate you guys. I appreciate you hopping on, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Right. And I'm always down to do it again. Hey, absolutely, dude. Absolutely. And uh, best of luck, and we'll stay in touch. For sure. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, man. See you, man. See ya. Gotta talk about it, boys. What? Gotta talk about it. Big stuff, oh. Big stuff, and I got serious stuff. So we'll start with the big stuff. Go ahead and get your pub merchandise out. PST2021.itemore.com. Get that merch baby we got all types of different designs colors going on we got our og stuff like our tie-dyes and sleeveless hoodies we got some new designs we even got a bro tank because our boy tim said hey we need a bro tank it's classic it's vintage looking boy it is sweet i might get three of them to work out of them like just they are hot you good for a cold beer also good for a bro pump side note we really got the bro tanks in oh yeah they're in ah oh. go check them out three different color options all types of different color options. We got hats. We got beanies, new era style with the little palm on top. They're comfy. They're, they fit any size head. Don't worry. I got a big head and they fit mine. Uh, we got a golf polo, different color options. The merch is sick. Go ahead and get those orders in. Door closes April 16th. So don't wait till last minute. Go ahead and get those orders in. Share with a friend. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Oh, uh, yeah. What's the website called again? PST 2021. Itemorder.com forward slash sell or backslash. I don't know which one. Thanks, Bubby. Uh, boys, I'm getting one of each. I'm just letting you know. But I'll blow that stimmy on it. <laughs> Our super hot boy. Uh, now, the serious stuff we got to talk about here. I'm working on getting a uh, women's college hoop player on here who's been to the tournament who is a big name. I'll leave it at that. Hopefully, we get her on here. But I've got to talk about it. Shout out to Claudia Moran. She wanted us to talk about this last week, and I dropped the ball. I'll take the blame here. But let's talk about the unequal treatment between men and women at the NCAA tournament this year. Uh, it's been all over our social medias. You know, start off with pictures of the weight room, then it was the food, then the swag bags. Let's let's break this down, boys. How are we feeling about it? You know. Looking at the weight room side of it, you know, I, I'm a strength and conditioning coach on the side. And, you know, women lift. Women are Olympic lifters. Women need just as much as the men in space and weight and bars and that type of stuff. 
they do the exact same lifts. Nothing changes. So giving them dumbbells that go up to 30 pounds is not going to get the job done. Uh, and I was really disappointed in NCAA there. What's your all thoughts? Yeah, I mean, aside from the swag bags and uh, stuff like that, I mean, just common living in, in those facilities that they're in has been pretty brutal to look at. I mean, the food looks, I mean, God awful. Like you get better, better food at, you know, the worst day at the, the high school cafeteria than, than what I was seeing. And then the weight room. Yeah. That, I mean, it's just a joke, man. You see the, this men's huge area of just weights and everything that you would think that a college athlete would need in the weight room. And then you've got yoga mats and what was it? A few dumbbells maybe. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, it's pretty absurd. I mean, I don't know how I imagine they have a strength coach traveling with them. So not only does it put, you know, make the, make the women feel, you know, uh, like they're not being treated fairly, but also, I mean, that, that puts a strain on, you know, your strength coaches, your other coaches, cause your coaches are worried about, you know, the, the stress that it's causing these athletes and then, you know, kind of losing focus. So overall shitty situation and NCAA do better. Absolutely. I, I know a lot of people were asking like title nine, should that apply? Title nine's only educational program. The NCAA makes so much money on their own that they don't apply for federal funding. So title nine doesn't apply to it. They just need to be better humans there. I mean, the NCAA has so many flaws, but this is unacceptable. And I'm yeah. pretty sure the chair, the chairman of the NCAA said something just like, I'll look into it type thing. And that's just like not what you'd expect or, you know, want from your chairman. That should be like an immediate action type thing. Like exactly. Find a facility. The NCAA hasn't done anything to help their public appearance with everything going on, especially with all this. So, I mean, you would think that something like this would, like Devin said, call some attention to the people who are actually running it to to look into it but it's the ncaa they're gonna keep putting their money in that snowball that's going down the hill that is ncaa men's yeah it's terrible you would think something like that which has an effect on not only like organizations but individual student athletes would actually put the effort into what they are striving for as an organization and you just don't see it there's not Nothing's backing up their word. And I think that's just when it becomes a joke. Like, come on, guys. Like, you are better than this. You should be better than this. Everyone holds you to a higher standard. So why don't you hold yourself to that standard? You know? Yeah, exactly. Fitz, you want to hop in? Yeah, I'm just, I'm researching on this. I didn't, I wasn't really aware of this. I hadn't seen this story, but. You sexist pig. Wow. No, I'm just, (laughs) I'm not, I don't, I don't tune into a lot of like. Shame. political stuff but it's obviously a big deal like i just watched this it was the basically the girl's tiktok of the the weight room differences it's bad it's, it's a bad look for the ncaa um i mean obviously i know i know the men's tournament for years has gotten way more attention than the women and you see programs like uconn or University of South Carolina women, or, you know, Pat Summit and UT for a while. I mean, there are some, there's really good female hoops. And, and I will say like one of the positives, like being in Columbia, like I have gone into restaurants and 
like South Carolina women's basketball is on. It's on like every screen. Like even during the, I was like going to watch, I think it was the round of 32. I wanted to see Oral Roberts in Florida and all the TVs are like women USC hoops. And, and only my screen was the Oral Roberts Florida game. It was just, I don't know. It is kind of cool. It's like, wow, like there actually is an appreciation here for women's hoops. But it is it is in the minority, and you know, it, and it's things like these that that cause that disconnect. Is when you start devaluing it systematically, like we're not going to give you the same accolades as the men. That's that's the that's the systematic oppression piece coming in. So it's tough, you know, and you know, hopefully, you know, it looks like there's a lot of people outraged by this and trying to make a statement about it and you know hopefully if they get some backlash they'll be inspired to change it but not only that but you know hopefully people can just appreciate it appreciate the game of basketball yeah you know what i i think the ncaa they're standing out there and the american people need to rise up grab them by the throat raise them up to the sky and put them through the table that's what needs to happen here. NCAA needs to be dead. Done. Get him out of here. Burn the body. Viking barrel. Dead. NCAA. <laughs> screw them. I've never been a fan of NCAA. It screws over the athletes. It's by, I mean, they're making billions off the backs of, of college athletes for free. Like, it's ridiculous. It should never be done. I do think the women's game could be enhanced. Like, like it's tough. Like there, there's definitely a difference in watching the game of basketball, and I'm not, I'm not saying this to, like, say that any of this is okay, but I almost think critically, like, again, for the sport of basketball, like, would there be a difference? I mean, and I'm just, I'm posing the question here. You can choose if you want to edit this out. Would it? What would happen to the game of basketball for women if they lowered the rim? if they lowered it to like nine and a half feet, nine feet where some of the tall women could dunk or, or something like that. Like, is that, is that devaluing the game or, or is it the equivalent of the men's game? Because there's, there's people like taco foul who can dunk it without even by just standing, you know, and there's really, there's no woman who can really dunk like that. So I don't know. I just, I just think that that goes against kind of everything that they've kind of been pushing towards is just equality. Like, what, why is our solution to that lowering the rim so that they can dunk? Like, if it's really about the game of basketball and valuing the game of basketball, then I mean, basketball is not all dunks. Sure, that's exciting. It's, it's electric type stuff, but. There's stuff going on in the women's games that's just as exciting. There's players that are ridiculous. And I think I think if you do that, you go kind of backwards in a sense. Yeah. I, I agree with you because growing up in fourth grade, you play on a 10-foot rim. And, and you play all the way through. Men, women, it doesn't matter. And go go ask Brittany Grinder, like, hey, should we lower the rim? She'll slap you in the face and throw a two-hand slam in your jaw. And say, nah, we're good, homie. Yeah. And I mean, and it's not that I like, I'm not 
trying to make it dramatic, but I do just wonder for the for the sport, would it make it? And maybe not. You know, maybe it, it wouldn't be exciting. But um, I don't know because there, there's a part of the women's game that like some of the passes are nasty. Like if you watch like Sue Bird's highlights, I mean she Sue Bird could tear it up. I mean there's a lot of great players, um, but that was just one that stood out to me. It's kind of like, you know, kind of these flashy assists. Um, and I think that's what's, I think that's what's tough. And like on YouTube, I see a lot of people who like make videos of like, it's like compilations, like why the women's game is bad. And it's just like, it's like all turnovers. And it's like, you could do that with the men's game. <laughs> like you could do that with NBA basketball, like, and just take, just take all the, the poor plays and chuck them on a reel. I don't really see it. It's hard to find good women's highlights. You just don't see a lot of it. So I think the exposure piece is hard. Yeah, I mean, the exposure piece is super hard. Plus, they play quarters to the halves. And so it's just different from what we're used to. But honestly, they need more respect on the name. NCAA has to do better. I think us as people have to do better. And who is making those compilation videos on YouTube? I'm going to tell you, the bench warmers on any Division One, Two, or Three women's basketball team will run 21-0 on your ass real quick. And Steph Curry, he was speaking about this. Like he's just, he was speaking out on the women's thing, but I've seen a lot of kids like just where the stars now are the point guards. Like I see girls like elementary age that just have ridiculous handles and can shoot three like lights out. So it's almost like just give it time. Like will the women's game evolve that you just have the, and it's really what the women's game is. But like even more so, like, will it be like these electric point guards who just have mad handles, shoot threes and dime it up and just become fun to watch? I, I don't know. Let's raise our glasses. Let's raise our, our pints here. Instead of like, you got to do better. Here to women's sports, getting better treatment and just overall just better. Bigger than dumb. Hey, keep an eye on Tokyo Games coming in the summer. You know, Tokyo that is a that is a women's pride country, and I tell you what, women in the Olympics is just that that is sport at its finest. So I'd be excited to see what happens in Tokyo. Yeah, I'm excited for the Olympics as well. Speaking of U.S. soccer team is not making the Olympic, we failed to beat Honduras. Which once again, women's soccer over men's soccer here in the United States. I'll take women any day of the week. Which is a lot better. I uh, bet I'd be curious if our A squad played. Or not, but that's a whole different thing. That's a whole different thing. Yeah. Let's let's move on. NHL power rankings. And you know what? I gotta give myself a shout out here. Don't usually do this. Went to my first live event in over a year, boys. Went to the Carolina Hurricanes taking on Tampa Bay Lightning this past weekend. What a game. Down two zero at the first period. Came back and won six two. The Canes, baby, were on a roll. It was electric being in that environment. Just to be in the arena was amazing. A wonderful fiance Claudia was there, and our, you know one of our great friends Lindsay. It was only a fourth full of the arena, but man, it was awesome just to be part of that. Get the skull chant at the end of the game. Get to yell, "Cheaters never win!" Like it was, it was good to be back, boys. Good to be back. Okay, but man. Let's keep talking with hockey here. Power rankings. Any teams that stand out to us? How are we feeling? Honestly, I think I think the Caps are number one. I think uh, Ovechkin is going to win the goal scoring race. I think Ooh. if you bet against it, I think I think you're just 
you're going to lose money. That's that's my that's my hot take. I do have the Canes at two, and you know who has impressed me the most on the Canes? Dougie Hamilton. Hammy. Yes, sir. Underappreciated. Number one defenseman, and I think he scored like a point, 13 consecutive games, maybe more. So Yeah. I'm liking Dougie. Three, I think I'm going with the Avalanche, four, Vegas, and then five, actually, the Wild. I'm, after uh, the Canes put a beating on Tampa Bay, I kind of – Kind of backed off of them a little bit. I still think that they're a force to be reckoned with. So they'll be at six. I like it. I like it a lot. Tim? Yeah, I, I just want to touch on the Canes, man. They, they're they winning these close, close games, a lot of overtime games. But the win over, over Tampa, I mean, that really solidified. Because, I don't know, as a Canes fan, I don't always want to go like, hey, I think we're top dog. I always like being a little more like, yeah, we're good, but I, I don't want to get my hopes up. I'm all in. Weeks before this, I had Tampa as like my top dog, and we've consistently shown, though close games, we've consistently shown that we can compete with that caliber of a team. So all my chips are in. Carolina's taking it. We're winning it. Give us yeah. the cup. I like it. Go ahead. Put the beer in there. Put that in the Stanley Cup. Let's go, Chuck. You know what I'm saying? I'm with you. I've got Hurricanes at number one. Caps at number two. I think Ovechkin is hot right now. He's scoring a ton, like you said, Slate. I don't know if he's going to win the goal-scoring title. It's because McDavid and Matthews have been so hot. But I think he's going to give him a run for the money. I mean, the old dog, he knows how to put that puck in the net. Um, the Avalanche, I like that pick. I, like, I got them at number three. I like Lightning at four. And then I'm going Knights at five. I, I think the Knights have finally beaten COVID. They're on their way to make a run like we're used to seeing them make a run for it. So who knows? College basketball coming to an end. NHL, the playoffs are about to begin, hopefully here, knock on wood, soon. Sport just now beginning. Opening day starting April Fools, the 4-1-2021 here. MLB, go ahead, get those bats. Spring training in the books. We've got baseball back. Devin, I know you're pumped for it. Oh, yeah. Any games this weekend, you're like, hey, let's freaking go. Let's talk about it. Yeah, so there's quite a few. If you are a big pitcher guy, you want to just see a straight-up duel, uh, you've got Max Scherzer and DeGrom pitching against each other. Max Scherzer for the Nationals, DeGrom for the Mets. Five combined Cy Youngs, ten combined All-Stars. Uh, I honestly think that's just going to be a straight-up duel. Obviously going to be really exciting to uh, watch the Dodgers this week if you're more into the offense, seeing – see more bombs you can watch the Dodgers play the Rockies Kershaw's pitching against Marquez and I, I mean I think I think that's the biggest mismatch so if you're looking for a, a bet to solidify a parlay that's that's the bet you go for another game that I'm really excited for is the Indians I love watching Shane Bieber pitch he's going to be pitching opening day against Tim's Tim's Tigers but I, I think that you got to go with the Indians lastly this one gets me real excited because I think that I'm going to go with the Padres this year to win it all. You've got Carolina native Madison Bumgarner for the Diamondbacks pitching against you Darvish for the Padres. So really looking forward to seeing that. I think the National League West is just whoever comes out of that division is going to win it. So that's Dodgers and the Padres. And I think they're both like top three in the power rankings already with the Yankees, of course. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. I mean, opening day, it's – Fat boy's choice here at a at a bakery. 
all types of great games to watch here. Uh, and then Friday, when this episode drops, you got Bow Wow once again taking on the Rockies. I'm excited to see how he does in that blue and white uniform. You know, him being a Reds player for last year, him just being electric. That's another game you want to make a parlay safe. You go ahead and take the Dodgers against the Rockies again, back-to-back days, and Bauer shutting them down. Oh, for sure. Also, Grinky's pitching against the Athletics, so that'll be another one where if you just want to see a pitcher just absolutely torch an entire team, that's the one. Astros against the A's, even though I will be rooting for the A's because I hate the Astros with passion. Hey, shout-out Astro Torres. Now an Astros firm. Mm. Shout out Sam Fisher. I'm picking Astros to win it. <laughs> For sure. By any means necessary. I love how they just push any the means. boundaries. <laughs> You're such a troll. <laughs> such a go troll. Go Astros. That's really, that's really all I had. We can go into a little bit of power rankings. I think ESPN I pulled up the ESPN power rankings. Uh, they got Dodgers at one, Yankees at two, Padres at three. Braves at four. That's another team I'm looking forward to see because that's pretty much the closest one to us. Mets at five with the Grom. The Twins at six. The White Sox at seven. Uh, Tampa Bay pulling up the eight spot. Astros at nine. And then Blue Jays at 10. My Orioles are sitting at the very, very exciting number 29 spot out of 30. Just right above it. So the only bright future for the Orioles right now is that we could potentially have an all-star a Trey Mancini coming back but I imagine as soon as he hits the all-star after the all-star break we'll fucking trade him or something that's just the Orioles way that's the only thing I got to look forward to is seeing an all-star in an Orioles uniform get traded hey at least you get half a season with him that's pretty cool very true very true (laughs) but I'm excited for opening day hell I might even turn on you know Thursday and watch it and Friday and this weekend. I'll definitely be watching some games. There's some there's a huge slate of games this weekend. Let's do it. I'll tell you what, I do want to bring up the Jake Paul fight is getting very awesome to watch. Hey, let's go. Let's talk like about the, it. Go. the build up for it is is getting getting pretty good. I think Askren is in his head rent free right now. Jake Paul is doing some of the most cringy crap to even come close to like dealing with Askren and Askren's a pretty level-headed guy. So it, it's pretty funny looking at all the TikToks of Jake Paul and, and Askren getting into it in these pressers. Here's what Paul does not understand. Askren as a professional, how he got his money getting hit in the face. He's used to it. Nate Robinson. Nope. His other opponents. Nope. This is the first true test of Paul and he's a fight camp is nothing to Askren. He grew up a wrestler. He knows how to cut weight. He knows the hell that goes into that. Going in the UFC, dude, Paul, look out, brother. I know Paul is the favorite. I'm putting my money on Askren in big here. I think the first couple rounds, he tires him out. He swims him to deep, deep ocean, and then bam, knocks out Jake Paul. I'm here for it. I I, I love Ben Askren so much. I think, like you said, he lives rent-free. In Paul's head. He really does. I mean, the videos are just, they're hilarious. I'll, I'll try to pull up some for you guys, but gosh, it's just like Paul is just trying to talk the biggest trash and ask him basically called him like had this bully mentality. And then Jake Paul is like, you're just dumb. Like, it's just like he shuts him down completely. He has no, like he has no foot to stand on at all. That's awesome. Askren pulls out the old Rocky training video of him being an underdog just to have some fun. And Paul doesn't know how to respond to it. Like, this is electric. I, it's good. You know what? Shout out 
I hate Paul. I hate, you know, Jake and Logan Paul just because they're trolls. But, I mean, they know how to bring in money. And Aspen's going to get paid what's going to happen here. Very true. I know nothing. <laughs> well, hey, that fight's April 17th, so you got some time to learn about something. Go ahead. And we might have a special guest next week that knows a little bit of something about fighting. That's all I'm going to tease. A little mind tickler there. Is this the basketball player? <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> well, no. basketball player. Hey, she's fighting a good fight right now, though. I stand behind her. If you had to pick one NFL player to have your back in a fist fight, who would you pick? Oh, I like it. I like it. And you know what? I've, we've got a listener random question for us at the end of this as well. So this is really a two-part random question here. We don't have to do. We don't have to do mine. Oh, we're doing yours because I like it. You know, what? I'll go first. This is a bar fight, right? This is just a fight, or is there rules to this fight? No, no rules bar, or it's a bar fight. This is this is easy money. Taking my boy, <laughs> boy is dirty AF. He'll stop you on the ground, hit you with the bastel. Might get a little shank in there. I'm going Sue, baby. He's got my back 24/7. Okay, okay. I see what you did there. Pretty sure that was Tim's pick. <laughs> no, it wasn't. My pick would this may come as a surprise, or really not a surprise. Aaron Donald, the guy can manhandle two full-grown men at once. Like, I mean, I mean, him and him and I versus four people. He's taking all four. I'm just getting knocked out. So, <laughs> I'm going Aaron Donald all the way. I'll take. I like Aaron Donald there. I'm going Elton Jenkins or David Bakhtiari. And we want to fight Tim first. <laughs> Come on. Darn, darn ain't moving against Packers O-line. That's all I got to say. <laughs> wow. I'm just getting a pass set. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually going to pick Taylor Lewan, the tackle for the Titans. Dude is a just freak of nature uh i think if you remember a couple of years ago i think he got into it with like richard sherman or a mm-hmm. few he's been into it with just about everybody but that guy doesn't back down from anybody and uh i've, I've always liked his game so i'm going to taylor the one i enjoy the shit out of him and you know no free shouts but shout out to the boys busting with the boys his busting body. with the boys baby him and will compton awesome commentary there i mean just great content and I like the way he plays. I like that one. He's he's funny, man. He's a good dude. Oh, yeah. He's awesome. All right. This one comes from Claudia Miranda. She's got a note with Mighty Ducks. I don't know if you guys have seen. They're doing a reboot of Mighty Ducks here on Disney Channel. I feel a certain type of salt about it. Not a fan. Love D1. Love D2. Love D3. Not afraid to say that. Don't like this reboot idea. Don't like that at all. But she wants to know, favorite Disney, Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network show and then, which of those favorite shows would you want to re- reboot? Uh, so this is a sort of quad partner here. And before we dive into this question, go ahead, take that pure spectrum CBD so you can recover mentally and physically from this listener question here. You've got to do it. Go to PureSpectrumCBD.com. Use our code PUB20. Get 20% off all their products. You won't regret it. they got gummies, delicious. Mwah, chef's kiss. They've got salts, lotions, oil, bath salts, pure CBD. If you're about that life, you want to take that pure stuff, go ahead, get it done. Go to PureSpectrumCBD.com. Use our code PUB20 for 20% off. You won't regret it. Now, now that you've taken that Pure Spectrum CBD, let's dive into this question. I think... This is blowing my mind. I'm sorry. 
The premise of this, when 12-year-old Evan is cut from the Ducks, he and his mom try to build a new kind of hockey team. Starring Wait, so Emilio Estevez. About? Emilio Estevez about? is in it. The Ducks? Yeah. So it's like a, it comes full circle. You know, the Hawks were like the dick team in Mighty Ducks. Well, now the Ducks are the dick team. And Mario no. Estevez, Coach Gordon Bombay, like, oh, I hate kids. I hate hockey. He's back to that bullshit again. And now they have to get him out of retirement to coach these chuckles. The Hawks? No. So he doesn't even coach the Ducks? or He doesn't even coach the Ducks. He coaches this trash team again. I already hate it. I, I am furious with Disney. Furious. So dumb. I got a good one for you guys. Dexter's Laboratory. Did it get on my laboratory? So I always loved that, that show, especially the little robot episodes where like he would just get his in his giant back and go fight some kaiju over in Japan. Yes. I think that would be a great remake. I agree. I actually agree a lot. You know what and I was like a live about? live action or a cartoon? Oh god, no. It'd have to be animated. You know it what would, I was thinking though? Samurai Jack live action. Oh. Like with the CGI technology we have right now, that could be sick. Or just bring it back in general. Samurai Jack was awesome. That would be cool. Or what if they remade Courage? Live action. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be terrifying. (laughs) Dude, that show was was legit scary. Courage was terrifying. I don't know. Some things just don't need to be remade. Like that's the. I do agree. With I feel that. like that's the whole thing. Is like Mighty Ducks didn't even need to be remade, and they goes back like, to I'm what we were th- talking about earlier. It's a money grab, baby. So that's what it's all about. Honestly, what they should. Well, no, that's a movie. I'm trying to think. The thing is, they've remade some stuff, like Powerpuff Girls. They brought that back. Uh, SpongeBob. They they made new episodes of that. I'm not saying they're good. They remade them. Fun fact, me and Tim's, one of our uh, English teachers in high school was a writer for Spongebob. He wrote the Suds episode. Oh, you know what they need to bring back? All those Nickelodeon, like, gas games, where it was like, like, Global Guts, or the Hidden Temple thing. You know, all those challenges, they had, like, kids on, like, zip lines and stuff, and, like, doing all these challenges. They just need to bring that show back. That was an that's awesome a, show. That's a great answer. That's what I was saying. I was like, I want kids to be slime. Like that's yeah, exactly cool. yeah. I like Hidden Temple is such a, a hidden gem. Loved it. We'll play on words there. Uh, all right, you took mine, so I'll go my round. I'll go my second round pick here. I'm gonna go Goosebumps. I think with modern day technology, I think Goosebumps could be really good. That's a good take. I actually like that one. All right, and then I guess that first part of that question: favorite show from all three networks, Disney, Nickelodeon. Cartoon Network. Well, mine's easy. Hey Arnold, I've got the whole collection. I I love that show. I even showed that to my fourth graders when I taught fourth grade. We watched we watched Hey Arnold when we earned enough classroom points for behavior. Mm. Hey Arnold, the vacant lot, phenomenal episode. Stoop Kid, classic. Uh, also, Downtown is Fruits, underrated episode. That was the very first Hey Arnold episode. I mean, it's gotta be it's gotta be something from Toonami. And I mean, I think just by default, it's got to be Dragon Ball Z, even though that wasn't like a necessarily Cartoon Network, their own show. But Funimation did DBZ right. Yeah. So good. Yeah, I'd have to agree. If we're, if Toonami's acceptable, I got to go DBZ. I, I watched that religiously as a kid. Literally, the whole Toonami lineup was so, so fire. awesome. Just fire. <laughs> it really was. 
Gundam Wing. Oh my gosh. G Gundam? Gundam. That one was the GTFO out of here. Like, come on. So good. Was was Zoids on uh, TV as well? Zoids. Zoids was awesome. Uh, Samurai Jack was on later, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to rewatch like all of these now. Yeah. Yeah. So good. All right, since you guys went, you know, Tsunami and then Hey Arnold, I like that fix. I'll go with, uh, I guess, more Disney route here since we got Cartoon Network and then Nickelodeon represent. I'm going to say Boy Meets World. Big Boy Meets World fan. It's a classic show you can put on any time. Still relevant, still good. Although, how is it that Mr. Feeney finds a teaching job for the next grade level every year? Mr. Feeney? Like, you would think, like, they'd be like, sorry, like, sixth grade, all the... All the teachers are full this year. Sorry, Mr. Feeney. Hot <laughs> take. Sean should end up with Topanga. That's a stupid take. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Hey, that's going to do it for the show. What a, what an episode, boys. Watcher, watcher, going out with the bang. Like, share, subscribe to all of our stuff. Go to Post Force Talk on Instagram. Follow us. Go get that merch order in by the 16th. You don't want to miss out on those cool tanks, hats, hoodies. You got everything. And uh, as always, be a friend, tell a friend. Have one hell of a week and pour one up. Let's have some days, boys. Let's go. Bye. Have a wonderful time. See ya.